recorded live. Well, hi, everyone. Welcome to this July 16th, 2015 edition of the Everything is Energy show, also known as Stephen's preferred title. That would be the Everything is Everything show. And this is our episode number 490. This is your host, Judy Greeno, here to talk about the AIM program of energetic balancing with its developer, Stephen Lewis. Stephen is also the co-author of Sanctuary, the Path to Consciousness, which chronicles the decades of work and private practice and just devotion and commitment that preceded the launch of the AIM program. And we do encourage everyone to enjoy this novel. If you'd like to share with with other people that you'd like to learn more about the AIM program, loan them your book or send them to our websites, any of them, aimprogram.com or your facilitator's website, They can read the prologue and the two epilogues of the book right there, and the the book itself is available in five languages. So please take advantage of this valuable resource. As we begin, we want to remind our listeners that AIM Energetic Balancing is not medicine or what we tend to think of as traditional health care, and it does not diagnose, treat, prevent, or cure disease. EMC Squared's holographic spiritual technology helps you heal energetic imbalances in consciousness where everything is created and where all true healing occurs. Only you can heal you. AIM assists you in doing so 24-7. Imbalances in consciousness are what EMC Squared believes to be the predispositions or potentials for eventual negative manifestation unless healed by you. Once healed from your consciousness, hereditary imbalances are gone for good, don't return, and cannot be passed on to offspring, hence the phrase, Become the first in the history of your family with no family history. Please remember that just as every individual is unique, every AIM participant's healing experience is unique to them. And while discussing energetic imbalances that have names that are the same as or that are similar to names of diseases, please remember we work with and are talking about energetic imbalances only, not about actual diseases. The same is true when Stephen is discussing what a a given newly revealed frequency is similar to. He's referring to a frequency or frequencies that it's found to be similar to. He's not stating that it is that actual disease. And lastly, as we do not perform physical tests of any kind, we cannot and do not confirm or dispute any medical diagnosis. Good morning, Mr. Lewis. Good morning. You know, that caveat and that, that disclaimer... Every time I hear it, I hear something different. And it's not that it changes, it's just that my hearing changes. Mm-hmm. And uh, I thought about, the, you know, this, this, this time you said it. I thought about the definition by, by Louis Pasteur of, you know, of what a disease is and how you catch a disease and all that. And, and he ended that with his deathbed, saying, in my life's work, I was wrong. And because he said, all these things that I've said about how you catch a disease and what it is, he said, it's, it, they don't matter. Mm-hmm. Because it's not, it, it's not the disease. It's not the disease. It's the fertile soil in which it grows. Yep, not the seed. It's not the seed, it's the fertile soil. Now, I think within the confines of that caveat by Pasteur, we're going to ultimately look at disease differently. Mm -hmm. Um, And if there's any stone to be cast, I can say throw it at Pasteur. He can take it, right? <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> and uh, because it's not the seed, it's the fertile soil. Yeah. We we are so used to, you know, to the idea of you catch this and you catch that. I prefer to believe that we catch everything that's in the area where we live. Mm-hmm. Or visit. And some, or well, now it's visit because, mm-hmm. you know, uh, it was always a matter of geographic integrity, including when Pasteur was working for the most part. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, people didn't travel to Africa and back on, on a whim. You know, and to that, if I want to go to Africa, 
I can leave here. I can be there in, what, 12 hours? Mm-hmm. And that's it. And it's it's very simple. And people do that. And they're out in the wilderness, and they come back, and they have things from Africa that have never been in this country. And there it is, and some of them will take take root. Some will not. And uh, nobody knows ahead of time which is which. Right. Especially you took a country like the U.S. It's got every climate. If you want a hot climate, go down south. Well, a or cold west. Climate, go up north. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but no, it's but that's the point. It's, yeah. Uh, and I don't think. I think that the the definitions of disease are going to incorporate your capacity to be diseased. That is the fertility of your personal soil. Mm-hmm. I think that will happen before very long. I think it's already happening, really, but it's just not happening in the world of science because, you know, it's hard to take that statement and turn it into a moneymaker. Well, you follow what I'm saying? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like, how do they, you know, you can't take something and say, okay, here it is. This will keep you healthy your whole life. We don't have that stuff to take. And if we do, it's a life-going thing, ongoing life. And it's to make money from that is a little bit difficult. Whereas if you have a disease, there's the medication, and that medication is patented and copywritten and all that stuff. And um, the manufacturer sells it to you, and you buy it and you take it. And it's cut and dried and simple. It's just so woefully incomplete. And that is part of the change that's ongoing that we're living through right now. That incomplete statement defines our vulnerability. I believe that's true. I believe that fundamentally, if you're strong enough, there's nothing you can nothing you can acquire that will stay. It's that it will simple. do you in, right. Yeah, and there are mysteries about it all, and I think they were working on those mysteries, but I still think the statement's true. Mm-hmm. Like parasites were a big mystery to us, as you know. But nonetheless, I believe there are people who are exposed to parasites all the time, and are exposed and they overcome them and that's it. And for others, it defines their life. Um, it you know, and we speak of cancer. Fine, ninety-two percent of the world has cancer. We have people who, at the age of ninety-five, succumb to their cancer. So they've had it. Their whole lives has been hereditary, and then finally, at the age of 95, it manifests. Well, that changes the parameter quite a bit. Because as I said last night, I believe that if you have something hereditarily, you have it. It's just a statement about how active it is or isn't. And how active something is or isn't is really a statement about your vulnerability, about your immune system. Mm -hmm. It's that simple. Well, I believe it's that simple anyway. Can I prove any of this? Not at this point in time, no. But some people want to hear what I have to say about it anyway, you know some bizarre reason, so there it is. <laughs> Lots of people, Stephen. Lots of people. Oh, I, I think it's incredibly interesting. I think we're defining our lives right now. Mm-hmm. And we're redefining things that, um, for which the current definition 
is breaking down. It doesn't fit. It doesn't work. So we've got to come up with a new definition, and we're doing it. But the new definition is a bootstrap-type definition. It's what evolves and what works, and we'll discard everything else. Um, it's the same process, I would say, that Louis Pasteur went through. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. And so, yeah, it's the fertile soil. So, that being said, um, where were we the last time I was on this program? Yeah, it's time to talk about new frequencies to uh, clean up that soil, so to speak, <laughs> to make it less fertile. Um, we talked about, let's see, last last Thursday, Stephen, was the 9th, and you you shared uh, information on one you had just found, 8665. So I'm showing one frequency that was added to the main trays on Monday the or I'm sorry, two frequencies added to the main trays on Monday the 13th, and then one that was added on Tuesday. So I'm showing three. Do you have any more than that? Yeah, I have a fourth one. I think I gave it to Roberta. But um, you know what? I'll verify that. It was found late yesterday. Okay. And I thought I gave it to her. But... If I didn't, I will do so now, but I'm going to discuss it on the air with you anyway. Okay. Okay? So, that being said, that would mean our first frequency is 86.16. Is that right? Indeed. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, that first frequency is rickettsial. Okay, not shocking. Also, the second, third, and fourth frequencies are rickettsial. Uh, and most of the others we have are rickettsial, unknown imbalances. Um, this, my life's work here has not made me like bugs anymore. Right? right. I didn't like them much to start with, but I really dislike them now. Yeah, yeah Ma- Max was pretty toned down in, in Sanctuary compared to, say, today. <laughs> Compared to Steve. <laughs> right, yeah. Okay. Well, I, let's look at, look at Judy. Yeah. You look at this stuff. Almost everything you've had hereditarily came from a damn bug also. Well, I, I'd say there's a pretty good chance that's true for other people, but then on top of that, I, I had, uh, for a while there, was having a tendency of uh, attracting them in my world physically, too, so that's not a good combination. <laughs> Well, yeah, people, your ancestors were bitten and you were bitten. And some of those things that your ancestors got um, were passed down. You know, they passed through all those imaginary barriers, mm-hmm. like the imaginary placental barrier, the imaginary blood-brain barrier, and there's a bunch of other imaginary barriers, uh, you know, which I don't know exactly why people imagine them, because I don't see much evidence of them, but nonetheless, they come from bug bites. Mm-hmm. And as does 86, 16, 26, 36, and 46. But 86, 16, um, first of all, what's it most like? Answer, cystic fibrosis. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm wrong. 86, 16, what's it most like? Scleroderma, which is a strong, strong skin imbalance. It causes a loss of elasticity in the skin, and uh, it causes dryness in the skin, so the skin flakes and becomes thin and bleeds easily and blah, blah, blah. Um, It becomes this kind of skin you often see in old folks. I was just going to say that, Stephen, because I was around a couple of people yeah. that just had very obvious, um, and, 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 and some of them, it just takes a minor little tap on the arm, and voila, big red spot. Uh, yeah, I mean, this is all part of aging, mm-hmm. um, as it's defined, and as we're trying to undefine or redefine, because... You know, you're not going to suffer from hereditary scleroderma when you don't have it. Right. 
And so let's see what happens. And this and all of this that we're doing is far, far more applicable to the young kids. Kids get on the AIM program and, you know, some of them, like, uh, they have almost nothing hereditarily. But others, at this point, there are kids getting on with basically nothing hereditarily or almost nothing. And that's routine. And they don't have hereditary diseases. And we can only speculate what their lives are going to be like. Because anyone I look at, if I look around and look at me, look at Eileen, look at Roberta, look at the people, look at you, we're almost defined by, in, by the, our limitations. Those limitations come from our hereditary diseases. Fair enough? Mm-hmm. Well, these kids are not going to have those definitive limitations. What's going to happen? It's fascinating. I would like to be around to see it. Right, and you're talking about you're talking about kids whose parents have been on the on the program. Absolutely, yes. Yep. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You know. Uh, yeah. It's fascinating. Makes you a little bitter, also. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I was I was going to say jealous, but but yeah, it, it, well, it's yeah, for sure. You know, I feel like you know uh, who was it? Was it? Was it Moses that he led the Jews uh, to Israel? They wouldn't let him in. Was that Moses or was it Aaron? I forget. I'm, I've never been big on that stuff. One of those guys. Okay. <laughs> I hear Eileen chuckling in the background. Yeah, well, I'm asking a question. Nobody's everyone's chuckling, but I'm answering. Yeah, Can't well, answer I, it. It was Moses. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Thanks, um, Eileen. You're welcome. I said, "Is it Moses or Aaron?" She goes, "Yeah, it was him." <laughs> well, good. So it's like scleroderma. It's also like, and this conversation will point that out very well. Also, like <laughs> twee which is in the brain, among other places. And they mean, I mean, among other places. Because trypanematosis is, can be all over the body. That's what syphilis is. Right. You know, and just when you see the T in twee, that means it's like syphilis anywhere in the body. It's not everywhere, but it's anywhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, and uh, it varies from person to person. It's, once again, why syphilis was always called the great imitator. It imitates different diseases. I would say it imitates whatever disease you have. Mm, okay. Uh, because you have this weakness, and syphilis seems to latch on to you where you're weak and make you yet weaker. And the we is Western equine encephalitis, which is pretty cut and dried except for the fact that the question is, is it making you tired? Is it making you an idiot? Is it making you, uh, is it giving you a headache? It's some head symptom. But nonetheless, um, when did that one come on, that 8616? You got you know, one more component there. It went on the main trace on the 13th, but yeah, I, I believe you more. found it on the 10th. Uh, on the 13th, that was what day? That was it Monday. went on the main trays on Monday, but I, like I said, I think you found that on the 10th, as I recall. Okay. It's not entirely gone. Okay. It's gone. Is it gone in some? Yeah, but not in everyone. But it means it will be gone shortly. Not, not in everyone who had it. Right. And the last component was uh, one that we're familiar with all the time. That's mycobacterium ulcerans. Galloping consumption. So that's 8616. Another little friendly nightmare. And it'll be gone during the course of the weekend, if not before. Which brings us to 8626. 8626, of course, once again, Riccatio. And just looking at this, you know immediately that I had it. And in fact, Eileen and I had it. Okay? Mm-hmm. And we did not enjoy it in the least. Uh, we still have it, really. 
First of all, it's similar to polio. And both Eileen and I got up during the night and just because we had these incredible foot leg cramps. The calves and the feet, I mean, they're painful. And that's a polio type symptom. That's what it was most like. But after polio, it was our alma mater, <laughs> Streptomaticus propioni. And uh, the good news is that while we were wide awake for our crafts because it kept us awake. We didn't miss anything. That's the good news. You don't even want to know the bad news. <laughs> okay? And last and never least is B&B, low back and hip joint. And, uh, you know, it, it, it becomes when your shoulders are below your hips, you may have B&B when you're walking and over walking around like that. And B&B um, stands for what, Stephen? Bacillus serous and Babesia bulbus. Thank you. Um, bacillus cirrus is in the low back. Babesia bovis, an entirely different germ, is in the hip joint, usually one hip. Mm-hmm. And what is a minor mystery is why they come together. They do, and almost everyone. But uh, I don't know why. I mean, there is an attraction of the two of them. And how that works, I don't know. I don't care a hell of a lot, but I, I'm curious. Right. So that's 8626. Um, the next rickettsial imbalance is 8636. Uh, this one is a little bit interesting. Um, it's a woman, she's a facilitator, who went in and she had a lump on her breast examined and they said it's cancer. Now, we have countless people who have lumps they're called cancer because that's a safe thing to say. That way if it's cancer, they deal with it and they've dealt with the cancer. Because if, if it isn't cancer, oh well, we were being safe and prudent. Which isn't really true because some of the treatment is not at all safe chemo, radiation, etc. That's not being safe. But that's a different story, I suppose. And I looked at her, and I looked, and I couldn't see any cancer at all. She felt great. Her life force was 100. She was in good shape. Um, but she had a couple of little things that bothered and she had this lump in her breast. That was getting bigger. And she had a history of having fibrous lumps in her breast, having them removed for a period of over years, long before I ever knew her. So I found a fibrous tumor when I looked. Frequency. And I, and I said, well, it doesn't seem to be cancer, which is not a full-blown answer because the next question would be, so why do I have fibrous tumors? Why do I form these things? It doesn't just happen. But uh, we didn't even get there. I couldn't see any reason for it, but I could see that it wasn't cancer. And I was looking and looking. Now, I stopped looking. I was checking someone else. And I found a new unknown imbalance. And it was the one that is now 8636. So what was it like? Well, first of all, it was like polio. So you got the cramping in your feet and legs, etc. Okay. Secondly, it was similar to tularemia. And tularemia is, well, it's in the bladder. It's a frequency that causes urinary urinary urgency, urinary frequency, um, and it causes stiffness and rigidity in the back along the bladder meridian, if you look at an acupuncture chart. 
And last, but definitely not least, it caused a frequency similar to neurofibromatosis. You know what neurofibromatosis is? I do. I know you do now. <laughs> okay. Well, we've seen it. We've seen it a number of times. Actually, there was uh, one that uh, there was a frequency last month that had that as a, one of the. That's absolutely correct. Mm-hmm. Absolutely correct. Um, but neurofibromatosis, it's um, along the neural pathways, you have fibrous tumors, fibromas. And that disease is known by its slang name also as elephant man disease, or if the case applies, elephant woman disease. And that is what I found in her breast. And that's going to be gone, I would say, by the end of the weekend. That will be gone. And at that point, I hope, and but I expect that lump in her breast begin to reabsorb and get smaller and smaller by itself. Now, she went to the physician and said, well, look, whether it's cancer or not, you don't want it. Let's just take that and then we'll take good look at it. But the physician agreed there was no urgency. She had a history of these things, and uh, they were always negative, so it'll be done. They'll get to it. Well, that works for me because give it a couple of weeks, I would love to have her go in and they'd say, where the hell is it? Mm-hmm. That's what happened to my mom with her cancer. Right. She went in and said, where is it? And she said, I don't know where it is. What should I tell them? I said, tell them that you're just absolute absent-minded, scatterbrained. <laughs> you left it somewhere. You don't remember where, but you're going to go back and look. And when you find it, you'll let them know. Right. She thought about it. She said, I can't say that. Why not? I would say it, and I would say anything but the truth. But she couldn't do that either. She had healed that cancer. Mm-hmm. It was cancer. She had, you know, colon cancer, and she healed it. Uh, but she couldn't say that. Right. So, Even if, if if I could just interject a couple of of things to clarify, especially for, and I know we take we we take so many things for granted and use a lot of terms, and most of our listeners have been around a while, but I just want to clarify just a couple of things. When when you said um, when you were looking initially at at the facilitator doing a special recheck, you said you couldn't see any cancer, and and I'm just going to clarify for our listeners that obviously all Stephen does is look for frequencies. He found he did not find the presence of any cancer frequencies in her when he checked her, but then you found this frequency, 8636, in yeah, a different person. I think it's, uh, I'm glad you said that. Yeah. All I do is work with frequencies. I never do anything but that. I do not own a scalpel <laughs> and don't plan to buy one. I do not have a microscope, electron or otherwise. Don't plan to buy one. I only work with frequencies, mm-hmm. nothing else. And so if something sounds like a disease, it's always the frequency of the disease, always, always, always. And then the, the other thing, Stephen, um, after you found 8636 in this other individual, obviously with the component of neurofibromatosis, you went back and checked the uh, the facilitator and you made the statement that you found uh, this frequency present in the energetic orb of her breast. Now, it could be present someplace else in somebody else who may have this same hereditary imbalance, correct? Absolutely. As a matter of fact, okay. um, the basis, neurofibromatosis as a frequency and as a disease mm-hmm. is something that is everywhere and anywhere in the body. Okay. And it's primarily a skin disease and you got a lot of skin all over your body. Mm, okay. And it could be in some of that skin or all of that skin. Uh, it also causes little lumps and bumps. And they're hard. They're hard and they're similar. Those bumps are hard, like a, a cancer bump is, but they're not malignant. 
That's the essence of neurofibromatosis. And uh, so she had this hard bump in her breast, and it was, I found the frequency of neurofibromatosis, of this unknown imbalance, which was similar mm-hmm. to three things, one of which was neurofibromatosis, or elephant man disease. Yeah, I did. I, did. I think it's safe to say elephant woman disease. <laughs> True. I did just a, a quick look, Stephen, in it. This is the third, actually the third hereditary frequency that you've found this year that has a component similar to the frequency of neurofibromatosis, and I think there were four uh, of such frequencies last year. So this isn't the only only frequency with a component. That is correct. But, you know, it's primarily a skin disease, and as such, people get skin stuff and they don't take mm-hmm. it seriously, and they get skin, you know, rashes, and they get skin bumps and lumps, they don't always take it seriously. Right. They take it seriously when someone looks at it and says, that's a malignancy. Mm-hmm. Uh, then they get serious about it. Before that, eh, I got some skin stuff here. It doesn't matter that much. So anyway, this is what 8636 is. And what's fascinating about it to me is yet to come. I want to see if the lump in her breast begins to reabsorb and then is gone. Because then if they want to go and uh, remove it, remove what? (laughs) And, Stephen, did you say, I know you've said before that typically uh, cancerous tumors tend to appear larger as they're healing. Did you say the same can be true of of a fibrous tumor, that it can kind of get larger? Yeah, it's true. It's it's fibrous, but uh, I think that's probably true of any dense tumor. Okay. And this uh, neurofibromatosis thing is, it was, it's hard, which okay. means it's fundamentally dense. And as such, it will lose its density. When you, something loses its density, it spreads out. And so it looks bigger for a while. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then when it's gone, uh, there's no core Nothing fundamental, and it just gets reabsorbed routinely. Okay. Not everything, but a lot of stuff does. And so that's what we're looking to see. Um, so there's that. Uh, and now, last, lastly, but not least at all, is one that I found yesterday, and that is 8646. And 8646, uh, the latest hereditary bug bite thing, is, first of all, similar to cystic fibrosis. Um, And uh, it's strong. It looks like it's a very strong one, but we'll see how long it lasts. That's the question. Uh, It went on the... I believe it went on yesterday. If it didn't, I'll check and find that out. It'll go on today. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm, I'm thinking it's today. Well, we'll see. We'll see. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, secondly, it's similar to B and B, which we've discussed. Right. Low back, hip joint. Okay. Thirdly, and the last thing is, it is similar to lymphatic syphilis. Which That's is, been showing up a lot lately. Yeah, well, it does show up a lot. And also, people get swollen glands a lot. People mm-hmm. go to their doctors, especially when they're older, their glands are all swollen, and they go there and say, what's the matter with me? And they're all afraid that it's cancer or something, you know. Uh, and I've known that in among my friends. As soon as the gland swells, they run out and go, oh, my God, it's cancer. And the physicians often say, it looks like cancer. Let's just take them out. Mm. And, you know, lymph glands are your, your line of defense against stuff coming in. It's always been a pet peeve of mine. Uh, a lot of stuff is coming into someone, and it 
and the first thing the first thing it encounters when they breathe it in is their tonsils. Yeah. So the tonsils are inflamed. What's the answer? Remove the tonsils. Mm-hmm. So then the next thing it encounters is going to be the cervical lymph glands. There's nothing, no tonsils to stop it. They're removed. I mean, I understand you can remove anything, but I think you should ask first what's wrong, why yeah. are, are they swollen, and try and deal with why they're swollen. It's, they, it's something coming in, flaming. So I just tapped the desk card to wake up Eileen. You started to look like a glazed donut. There's a switch. There's a switch, huh, Eileen? Yeah. So anyway, um, that's 8646, and uh, it's not gone yet. It hasn't been on yet. But I will find that out right after the program. And if not, it will be on today. And then also, Stephen, that cystic fibrosis component that's similar to the frequency of cystic fibrosis, um, that that can impact uh, respiratory things as well as digestive, correct? Well, it always impacts respiratory. Mm-hmm. It can impact digestive as well as respiratory, yes. Okay. But it does impact uh, your breathing. Right. Okay? Mm-hmm. It can also be but we'll find that out. Uh, well, we won't find it out because, you know, when you have something like that, a frequency similar to cystic fibrosis, in one person it may affect digestion as well as respiration, but in mm-hmm. another person it may not. Right. So, uh, no, there ain't nothing to find out. Uh, it's variable like that. There's nothing to find out. It is what it is. It is where it is. So that's what I've got. What do you have? Well, I was going to just um, take a short trip down memory lane. As you know, I like to do that in light of some of the things that you talked about on the uh, the monthly call last night. If anybody uh, missed that, uh, I'm sure the efficient Workers there in the office will have the recording up on all of our websites before the day's over, and there'll be uh, there'll be mention of the recordings in the newsletter that will be sent out tomorrow. I just um, and Kim Marie, who hosted the call last night, she made a quick reference to uh, the second epilogue in the book um, Sanctuary. So I'm going to reiterate that for this call because that's where again that was written to explain the launch of the AIM program. But you got into the immune deficiency imbalance there. And you actually went into, um, you talked about biological age versus chronological age, but you talked about the, um, what did, how did you call it, the, the frequencies uh, recombinant, uh, the three imbalances, and how uh, you found, when you found those to be present and, and were saying everybody was going to have those, that present, the immune deficiency imbalance present in their consciousness shortly. And that's around the time that there was such a dramatic drop in life force, correct? Yeah, what page are you looking at, by the way? Well, I'm looking, if you look at page 200, um, actually, yeah, you actually you start talking about it in 190, uh, 198, 199, but you're talking about um, the components that created that immune deficiency frequency, I believe, if I, my memory is correct here, talked about the energetic frequency uh, we call HIV, but you said it's way outside its normal range. This is on page 199. Um, and then you talked about, what was the second component? Uh, but you were talking about the, the, the effect, the impact that was going to happen in people because of these this... this uh, immune deficiency frequency, and you talked about it last night, and I just thought I'd, I'd make reference to it as Kim Marie did, that you did talk about it in the epilogue part two. I'm looking for the other two components, the third of which wasn't that big a deal, as I recall, but it was HIV. Um, um, HIV, um, 
bovine leukemia and sheep as well. HIV is bovine leukemia, sheep visna, and maybe. Mm, okay. They're the three without finding it here in this book. I just know I know the answer. Mm-hmm. Okay. They're mm-hmm. the three three frequencies that are recombined into a frequency known as HIV. Right. HIV okay. simply being an acronym for human oh. immunodeficiency virus. Yeah, here's yeah, here's on on page 200 about middle. The second one has the energetic frequency of a particular hepatitis imbalance. Again, as always, not the disease, which is also capable of being airborne. And the third, third is a totally harmless energetic frequency that shows up on the quantum index in the range we call viral. Um, and we find that in well, that- that's a different story completely. Okay, mm-hmm. um, that is how people acquired this airborne HIV frequency. Oh, okay. It was okay. recombined with hepatitis D. Okay. Uh, but as um, HIV and hepatitis D were not easily um, acquired, mm. it needed to be recombined also with something that everybody can get and it doesn't have any meaning. And that was swine herpes. And swine herpes, everybody gets it, everybody gets rid of it because they ain't swine. However, the other two stick. Mm-hmm. That's what it's all about. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're taking a, a disease that is a recombined disease, that's HIV, and then recombining that with other diseases so that it can be disseminated. This is called biological warfare, as I see it, without a doubt. Now, that's what these frequencies show me. Uh, I will not speak of disease, but that is what I see as far as energetic frequencies. Um, I think I've reached a point where I see things as having a deeper meaning often. I think that what's happening is fundamentally karmic, and we've brought it on ourselves. And all that's interesting is the delivery system of things. And uh, I think this is just part of an overall plan. And I think that it's part of what has to be in terms of the planet's view of itself, if you will, and that is that it's overpopulated. And once again, as I said last night, there are species that seem to govern themselves, like lemmings in the, you know, the uh, in Finland, etc., where there are too many lemmings the older adults will go to the edge of a cliff and jump off into the fjord and kill themselves. And uh, people don't tend to do that. And they will often say, good idea, go ahead, I'm right behind you. (laughs) And that just is not the same. Mm -hmm. So consequently, the planet must be part of the solution. And I think that's part of what is happening now. That's part of what I call the thinning out of the herd. Uh, it's hard not to see it that way. And I, what I said last night was, I, from what I've seen, I expect it to come out from under the radar in the fall. And by uh, the end of the year, I expect it to be blossoming um, so prevalent that there is nothing, no way to hide it. I think that is what is going to be happening. And I think that is what makes the AIM program even more meaningful because it's this immune deficiency, what is it? It's very simply the barrier that you have between you and what is hereditary is destroyed, so everything uh, that we call hereditary becomes what we call active. 
consequently, you get kids, young kids with cancer, with this, with that, whatever. And the AIM program, I believe, I believe, is to a great extent a solution to that. But it's going to be for just a drop in the bucket, a few folks. That was what we didn't expect. We expected everyone to jump on board and say, right. But only a few people got it. Everyone else goes, no, that's impossible. And, you know, in retrospect, um, it's very interesting that in quoting people from the past, the very first quote I have at the beginning of the book is Robert Heinlein, who said, any technology which is sufficiently advanced is indistinguishable from magic. Mm-hmm. Yep, we read that recently. Right. Now, so you want to call something magic, you want to call something uh, impossible, you want to call it mumbo-jumbo, you want to call it um, new age whatever, you know, um, Call it whatever you want, but if it's sufficiently advanced, you're going to call it everything but reality because you're just not open to it and up to it as reality. But that doesn't mean no one is. And now there's an entire world that uh, exists not as something that's an intellectual exercise and not as something that can be discovered in laboratories, but exists and is real, but must be understood by your intuition, Mm -hmm. by your consciousness. You can be intellectually incredibly advanced and be absolutely unconscious. Or you can just have average intelligence and be highly, highly conscious. It's a separate phenomenon entirely. And uh, I think that is something that we've got to bear in mind. This is not really magic to me. It's part of the magic that is life. Yep. If it's magic, then everything is magic, which may be so. But it's simply part of life. But it's not a part of life that you can visually see and perceive. It's not a part of life that you can examine and re-examine at this point in our technology, mm-hmm. in a laboratory. Right. And if we can't do it in a laboratory, the entire world around us that is absolutely fixated on the science of something will say, it's gibberish, it's mumbo-jumbo, it's, you know, mm-hmm. a bunch of crap. Mm-hmm. And well, that's all they're going to say, and they'll say it as they perish. Go ahead, Judy. I was just going to say, as much as possible, Stephen, there there's so many words of wisdom um, in in the book Sanctuary and then the, the quotes, too. I like to let other people, if there's a, a, a paragraph or something, I like to use other people's words to maybe do a little bit of an intro to aim to people. So I'm just going to, I'm going to wrap this call up. This is the last, there's three, three paragraphs, um, testimonial, if you will, that Richard Gerber wrote for for Sanctuary. This is the the last paragraph. I just have always loved this. It says, Sanctuary, the path to consciousness, though fictional in nature, is about a real place where we can discover the true nature of dysfunction in our lives and the ways that we may better achieve well-being and inner balance. It is also a story of hope for those individuals with problems and inner imbalances that have persisted despite their best efforts. That's my favorite phrase. This book points the way toward an energetic understanding of human existence, leading to new paths of insight and transformation that can greatly benefit all of humanity. I highly recommend that everyone read this book and join Sanctuary. I just think that's a... Bless his heart for writing that. Uh, Yes, that was extraordinary. And he was an extraordinary man. Yep. Yep. Author uh, of Vibrational Medicine, New Choices for Healing Ourselves. Well, you know, I knew Richard pretty well, and he really suffered because of that book. Because yep. he was told, listen, sucker, you do anything you've written about in that book, and you ain't a mm-hmm. doctor anymore. Yep. And, mm-hmm. 
And so he just did conventional medicine, mostly with Medicare patients, and pursued this work aside from it. Yeah. And his name became, we all got to know him, Mm-hmm. And he was like, you know, some kind of a, a guru and a leader. We all, and he was up in my office many, many times. And uh, we did some seminars together out of the country. He couldn't, he was afraid to speak in this country. But we did them in Canada. Uh, what's there to say? God rest your soul, Richard. You know what? You have helped so many people. and. Mm-hmm. The amount of help in the long run that you will have given is not able to be measured at this point in time. We're still counting. Absolutely. All right, sir. Well, thank you so much for your time and the updates, and we'll look forward to uh, to next week and particularly updates on that uh, 86, uh, 36 frequency that we talked about, neurofibromatosis component. With that, you all have a, a, a wonderful rest of Thursday and a, and a fun weekend, Stephen, you and Eileen and everybody. You at too, Square. and everybody have a great weekend, and I'll talk, I'll talk with you next week. Perfect. And real quick for our listeners, I know I was talking to somebody this past week, and, and some of the terms, we, we take them for granted, but even things like saying that a frequency is gone, I just want to point out, we have a glossary on our website. It's in the AIM Q&A and Details section. We don't have the word gone there, but we have the word cleared, which kind of means the same thing. So uh, if we ever use any terms that you can't find in the glossary, again, that's in the AIM Q&A Details section on your facilitator website, or we say anything confusing, (laughs) let us know. You can send an email to energy at energeticmatrix.com. We'd love to hear from you. With that, thank you for being with us. We will see you next week. Bye-bye now.